Now, Revelation 21 says, The city, the New Jerusalem, is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its width. You measure the city with a rod. How big do you think this heaven is? Big. Big. It would have to be, right? We'll learn more about heaven on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse over the next uh, few minutes with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for uh, joining us. We're here each day with uh, what I consider to be a short devotional visit. If you've missed any of these broadcasts, you can listen again when you go to the website at uh, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. And now, uh, once again in the book of John, but starting out in the book of Revelation, is our teacher, Pastor Leighton Sheely. Now, Revelation 21 says, The city, the New Jerusalem, is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its width. He measured the city with a rod. How big do you think this heaven is? 14 to 1,500 miles wide and 14 to 1,500 miles deep. Now, that is a big palace. Yes? That's over half the size of the United States. Now, by the way, that's only the length and the width. Its height, it's as tall as it is wide and deep. It's 1,400 or 1,500 miles tall. Now, we may have seen or experienced some tall towers and some tall castles and the like, but none of them compare to heaven. Now, In this world, the air gets kind of thin around two miles up. When I was a younger man, I climbed up Mount Whitney. Actually, only part way up. It's about 14,500 feet. I got to about two miles, and I had this immense headache from the thinness of the air and oxygen deprivation. But evidently in heaven, two miles is not an issue because it's 1,400 miles tall. And it's a place of inexpressible beauty. Revelation 21 says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came to me and said, Come with me. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And so he took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city was as broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel written on the gates. And there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its walls. When he measured it, he found it was square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. And then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to human standards used by the angel. Now, normally, walls and gates are made to protect the treasure inside. But the New Jerusalem is so secure against enemies that the treasure is used to make the walls and gates. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onks, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, 
the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls. Each gate from a single pearl. That's a big pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon. For the glory of the Lord illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all of their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is such an incredibly beautiful paradise. Uh, earlier in the chapter it says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of, man, of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Aren't you looking forward to that? Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. Does that sound good? For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Heaven is going to be such an incredibly beautiful place. Surely no one would want to miss it. And yet the passage indicates that some will. Verse 8 says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, the apostle Paul wrote, do you not realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? which includes heaven, don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who practice worship, who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, swindlers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. It's important that we know what the activities are that the Bible says will disqualify us from being able to see and experience for ourselves this heaven. Because Jesus says that on the day of judgment, people are going to be sent to one of two places. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. And before Him will be gathered all the nations. And He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. There are many reasons a person would not want to miss heaven. 
And one of them is that the alternative place is a terrible, horrible place to spend eternity. Jesus said, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And he's talking here about the rapture of the church, what we call the rapture, the second coming when he comes back and takes his own. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, by this time, their minds are so rattled, they're not sure of anything. And Thomas was too honest to stand there nodding his head as though he understood when he didn't. And so he expresses his doubts and his failure to understand. And the wonderful thing is that this question from a doubting man provoked one of the most wonderful things that the scriptures record of Jesus clarifying uh, uh, something. He said, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, this is the sixth I am statement in this gospel. I am is the name that God declared for himself when he met with Moses at the burning bush. And Jesus has oftentimes used the name I am in his statements to connect himself with God. Jesus is the way to God because he alone is the truth about God. And he alone possesses the life of God. And the purpose of this gospel is to make those things known. And that's why they're repeated throughout this gospel to help lead people to faith and salvation. Now, there's a popular belief today, you probably have heard someone say it, that there are many paths that lead to God. Something along the lines of, you believe what you want to believe, I will believe what I want to believe, and we're all going to end up happy in the end. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peter boldly affirmed in Acts chapter 4, For there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The apostle Paul wrote, There is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It is this statement of Jesus, this exclusive declaration that separates Christianity, true Christianity, from being able to participate in any ecumenical movement that requires one belief system to acknowledge and confess that other belief systems are equally valid. I'm okay, you're okay, what I believe is okay, what you believe is okay, it's all going to work out in the end. It does not correspond with what Jesus said. Jesus said there's only one way, and I am the way. Early believers were called people of the way. Initially, they weren't called Christians. In fact, they weren't called Christians until Acts chapter 11, verse 26, in Antioch. And the title was given to these believers, intended for derision, but instead the believers took it as a title of compliment. We were originally called people of the way. Jesus Christ is the way. 
That's Pastor Leighton Sheely. If you've joined us late, we're in a study in the book of John, and we'll come back tomorrow with more at this same point and in this same message. If you'd like to listen to any of our past broadcasts, I certainly encourage you to go to our website and click on the Messages link on the homepage. The website is highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And while you're there, check on the upcoming event this Saturday, uh, a partnership uh, outreach by Church of the Highlands and the Institute for Creation Research. It starts at 10 a.m., on Saturday morning and continues until 2. Again, all the details are on the website at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow at this same time and once again open to the book of John and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.